There's a story inside every smoke shop, with every cigar, and with every person. Come be a part of the cigar lifestyle of Boveda. This is Box Press. Welcome to another episode of Box Press. I'm your host, Rob Gagne with Boveda. And today on the episode, we're going to have Enrique Sejas of Matilde Cigars. Now, you're going to notice that the vibe of this entire show is completely and totally relaxed because it was the last day of IPCPR. And Enrique and I just got to really sit down and talk about his brand, the Matilde brand, the cigars. And in fact, maybe you don't know this, but Matilde is a small enough cigar company. Maybe you don't know. It is a father-son duo. And I just started to think a little bit about all the generational companies that are out there, especially in the cigar world. It's so prominent. I mean, you have the My Father Garcia families. You have Fuente family. You have the Newman family. You have even the Perdomo, Nick Perdomo and his son family. So the unique thing about a family or a generational business is the fact that those family values end up bleeding into the company itself. You end up having those values that the family holds near and dear to their heart come right into their company and right into their product. And then when we as consumers come in contact with that product or that company, we start to experience what it might be like to be part of that family or to see the values that they hold near and dear to their heart. And with Enrique and his father, that is so important to their business. And it's very, very important to how they run their company. For those of you who work inside a family business, you should be proud of that because it's that unique shared value that not only the consumer has, but your family has that brings you two together and the consumer now can experience a deeper relationship with your business or your brand. So as you watch this episode, think about the values you have and the values that you're going to pick up from Enrique and his father and enjoy sitting back and sitting back and relaxing with a cigar and, uh, and just enjoying the chill vibe that this whole episode is going to bring you. I appreciate you taking a listen to Box Press. If you like it, give us a thumbs up. If you want to subscribe, please do so. You can also check out Boveda on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook. Thank you. All right, welcome to another Box Press episode. I have a special guest, Enrique Sejas of Matilde Cigars. What's up, Rob? How are you? I've been looking forward to this podcast, man. Me too, man. Me too. Since I appreciate started. it. I was actually a little bit jealous of you interviewing all these guys and never called me. I'm, it I'm took really a while for now. us to connect. Yeah, I know. But, I you know. know, when I first started the podcast, I, I asked you, I said, would you be on it? You said, absolutely. Just of course. name the time. Why so wouldn't I be on The it? time is now, 2018 IPCPR. Enrique's here like that. He, I just asked him and came. I actually want to dive back um, to how, how the company was started, like with your father, right? Yeah. He's the one who started it. Like, yes, he was. What got him into it? Well, it starts a little bit before Matilde. My dad uh, started in the industry in 1974. Uh, he was an industrial engineer, and actually he, went, he started working with tobacco and cigars uh, by sheer coincidence. He was hired to be an industrial engineer working on the primings of the tobacco at uh, Tabacalera de Garcia. From there, he went to Canary Islands to work in starting manufacturing and then came back to Dominican Republic again to work again with Tabacalera de Garcia. 
where he became the VP of operations and master vendor for the company. So for him, it started as a job and evolved as a passion, as a big, big passion of his. And he retired. And eight months into his retirement, he decided he wanted to come back for uh, different reasons. I mean, you really don't stop loving cigars ever. And I was working with him at the time, and he wanted to do something, uh, a legacy project, let's say. Something to leave behind for his family, something for me to keep on working and start starting my way into the cigar industry as well. So it was a way for him to blend his cigars in his own way, manufacture in his own ways, at the same time pass all his knowledge, let's say, um, up to me. So it started in 2014 uh, with uh, Matilde. The reason that we named the brand Matilde is because uh, we were looking for a way to, I guess, pay homage to the country and uh, we were looking for an old cigar or old tobacco brand that was Dominican and was not there anymore. And we came along with this brand, historian actually came along to this brand called uh, La Matilde. And uh, well, we took it for ourselves and we revived the brand, saying Matilde instead of La Matilde, a little bit closer. Made it a little bit more modern than it was. And uh, that's how Matilde started. Wow. Yeah. So what's the history with uh, Matilde? Why was he so famous? Was it just because of the cigar brand or was he someone else who was more famous in the country? I would not know 100% what it was. He was a big tobacco uh, grower and tobacco manufacturer in 1876. His name was Simeon Mencia. Actually, we had, a, uh, we had a historian doing a whole little pamphlet of it. We got all kinds of uh, cutouts from the newspapers, from nice. the whole history of Matilde from when it started in 1876 to when it, uh, it well, stopped existing. It was about 1912-1913. Um, but I would not know the full history of the brand. Sure. We just wanted to revive something that was there. And you changed, uh, I was going to ask you about your logo, and you changed his logo a little bit to fit it. So tell me a little bit about that logo, what that means. Yes, the logo basically means, uh, so the logo comes out of, our logo comes out of the actual Matilde Seal of Warranty. The Seal of Warranty for Matilde was an S, and then it had an M interlocking itself. So it's Simeon Mentia, or Simeon and Matilde, right? Yep. And, uh... We wanted to use that, we have the S, which would be for us, Sejas, at this point. And then instead of putting the M for Matilde, we want to actually put Matilde. So we had a beautiful Dominican woman, which we want to call a Dominican woman because it's a Dominican cigar, or Matilde's Dominican, yep. uh, in the middle. So instead of being an M, just being the woman. And that's how the logo comes along. So our S is tobacco leaves, obviously, because we work the tobacco. Interesting. Yeah. It's Tons cool. of history there. Yeah. What are the written rules and the unwritten rules when it comes to blending or making cigars. We know there's a foundation, right? We all have the same tools and the same things to make it, but what things are you doing that might be unwritten rules that you're like, this is what I'm going to do, this is the spin I'm going to take on it? I guess when it comes to the written rules is, you know, the way you're rolling your cigars, the different methods, the methodologies of rolling your cigars, that's stuff that people already know. Um, could even go into growing too like do you look for specific types of plants and materials and things that you're like i absolutely have to have this because this is different this is going to be well you're also going to be searching for different uh, tobaccos different materials to uh, work with uh, i guess the most unique tobaccos the most you know 
aged tobaccos, unique products to do some unique cigars is always good to find. But I would say the unwritten rules are basically the way of each blender's way of actually creating his blends and the way they think and when they're just creating their cigars. Sure. That's what I would go at as the unwritten rule in the cigar manufacturing side. The way they're blending it? Yeah, the way you blend it, the way you think of blending it. Right. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, you can compare, let's say, that's it for cooking. Right. Cooking, there's a recipe, and that recipe's a written rules. And, you, you know, you got, you know, X amount of this, X amount of this. Then the written rules is uh, the little knacks, the little different touches that each company or each right. factory, each roller puts into the actual manufacturing of the cigar. Uh, that's unwritten. That's unique. Yep. to each factory, unique to each holder at that point, because it's an art form at every sure. point. What are the unique factors that you guys are applying to your brand? Well, unique factors, I mean, all cigars use great tobacco, so for us, unique factors are using great tobaccos, making sure tobaccos are aged, making sure we have a lot of inventory, and just putting as much passion as possible into our cigars, working with the personnel, making sure they're working as happily as possible when they're making our cigars. Right. At the end of the game, that's what makes a cigar unique and perfect when it comes to the manufacturing side. I mean, if you think about it, blenders create blends and yep. the factories make the cigars, but the actual people blending the tobaccos to create your cigar are those cigar rollers, the cigar bunchers, and those right. are I guess the heart of cigar manufacturing. Right. So I guess unwritten rules is treat them as family, be family, make sure they're always happy, and you're always going to end up with an awesome cigar. Because they're, they're the ones pouring the passion into it. Oh, definitely. If they don't feel passionate about it, it's not going to come out nice like this. Exactly. You're, I mean, let's say, it's a, as I said, it's an art form, it's something. You're a painter, and you're having a crappy day. And let's talk about how hard that art form is to do because I've tried rolling cigars and you just told me that you tried for three weeks to roll cigars. I did. That's hard. Really Tough hard. Balls. It's hard. It's, it's super hard. What What makes it so hard though? It's just practice. It's just practice. It's, it's, yeah, it's uh, that feel, it's, right? It's, like being, it's being able to make sure you get the right load of tobacco. Um, yeah. My hardest part was getting the right load not even wrapping the, not even putting the wrapper on, just getting the load, making sure it didn't have any soft spots, making sure right. the blend was correct. And it's a way they, these these artisans just do it so naturally because they're so experienced at it. They make it seem so easy. I mean, you come into a cigar factory, like talking and just rolling their cigars yeah. and having fun. And, and then it comes like, like oh, I could do that. Yeah, that's nothing. Let me sit down. You sit down and it looks like an egg came out. <laughs> what the heck is that? <laughs> And then you and then you and I come in, right? And you're like concentrating, you're like, oh, this is so freaking hard. And they're making like 250, 400 cigars a day, and you're making like 25. We would be so fired. Funny story. So basically, how I started, I did the three week internship of making cigars. Is when I started working with my dad, he wanted me to go through every single department. So I went to the tobacco fields. I did the actual tobacco stripping and the tobacco processing. I went through all these processes, like little stages, three weeks, three three weeks. And when I was uh, in the process of actually making the cigars or, you know, manufacturing, bunching, and rolling, mm -hmm. the guy was teaching me once he told me, 
thank God you're going to be in administration, my friend, because if you were in the business of rolling cigars, you go bankrupt right away. I mean, it's just right away. <laughs> thank God so. you sit behind a desk, man. Hey, that's right. Yeah. Or behind the plane. But same yeah. thing. <laughs> right, right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, man, that feel, that, like, knowing how much to put in there and then... And then, yeah, I, w I didn't have as hard of a time putting the wrapper on, but I, I had a really hard time capping. Oh the my capping God. stuff. My, my capping looks like a blind man put some tobacco on the end I of mean, it. The, the capping has to be perfect. It's got to have, you know, like el caracol, and, you know, the cap has to be put perf right. perfectly. It's the hardest part of, I would say, of rolling the actual wrapper, and it's the first thing you freaking cut. Right. I mean, it's the hardest part, the one that takes the most time, and the first thing you do when you're smoking you a cigar, you're like, Rap. Almost, almost just, most exactly. of it. Yeah, almost most of it. <laughs> but it's part of the manufacturing of the cigar. I mean, right. it's how it's supposed to be. You recently just got married. I did. I'm going down that path, too. Right here. Give me your uh, kind of elevator pitch on, like, you know, either finding the right one or what to do in, uh, you know, a new marriage. Like, what's the highlight? So the best way to keep married, yes, ma'am. <laughs> That's how it works. Yes, dear. Nah, I guess uh, in our experience has been just keeping it, uh, keeping it fun, keeping it uh, well, not boring. And honestly, for what I do, and actually, Gabby works with me. Uh, yep. We started our own distribution company uh, recently, and uh, she came in uh, to help us out with that. So I thought I was going to hire my wife and be her boss. Unfortunately, yeah, I yeah. ended up hiring my own boss. <laughs> right? You know, sometimes you think, like, she's a boss in the house. I thought I was going to be a boss in the office. That doesn't work. No. So in our line of work, in my line of work, I travel a lot. So it's, there's always something interesting to do. It's always, I'm lo always looking forward to you know, seeing my wife. She's always looking forward to seeing myself or me right. when I'm traveling. So that always keeps it uh, interesting. Just don't keep it boring, man. I'm sure you don't keep it boring. I'm sure you're always, you know, hiking and having fun. Right. And doing all kinds of fun stuff. Routine kills everything. So yep. Step out of the box every once in a while. By the way, I'm only seven months married, so I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> but this is what I believe that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know who quoted it, but, like, behind every great man, there's a more powerful woman or more... There's a great there's woman. There's a great woman behind a great man. And I don't mean to say that to like put women behind men or anything, but I think it can go both ways. No, yeah, of course. Behind every great woman or every woman should be a supportive man as well. I just I feel like that compassion or companionship, really not compassion, but more companionship, at least for me, is a big passion in of my course. life. And I that's what I get out of it more than anything. Is yeah. finally finding that one person who's like I want to root for you, and I want to be there for you. I think Dawes has a really good uh, lyrics that says, I want to find somebody who will make the days go easier. Well, you know what? I'll tell you something. If, they, if days go easy every day, it gets a little bit boring. You got to get a little bit of bumpy roads in there just to make it fun. No, I mean, like, somebody who wants to make your life more Oh, enjoyable. our life easier? For sure. Yeah, like, yes. I want to make your day better. How can I make you be happier? When you're frustrated or sad or whatever, it's oh. not necessarily to change the mood, yeah. but it's there to say, like, I'm here for you. I'm here. For, what can I do for I'm, you? I'm going to make your day yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, I'm very, 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 very grateful that Gabby is like that. Right. I mean, 
if I'm sad, she seems I, I want you to be sad. I'm like, shit, I feel sad if you're sad. What can I do to make it better? Right. I said, give me a cigar, give me a drink, it'll be good. <laughs> or a hug, you know, I'm kidding. <laughs> By the way, I saw your engagement uh, video, and those gals know how to cackle. Holy cow. It was the loudest room I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> they didn't even, he didn't even, you didn't even get to ask. Like, the words didn't even come out, and everyone was just like, wow, like erupting. That was an interesting so, day, my friend. With that, like, it seems like family is very tight. Is that the culture of the Dominican people? Is that just your family in general? Like, is that kind of how everything is? I would say our, our culture in Dominican Republic is very family-oriented. That's for sure. And my family, we're uh, extremely tight. I mean, we're a very, very close-knit uh, uh, family. Um, I talk to my mother and my dad every day. My sister and my brother like my best friends. I'll tell you a funny story about my mom. My mom's not the, uh, she's not the greatest size. Uh, her English is not very good looking. She speaks English, she's not very good looking. She's not the greatest at speaking English, but she communicates. And there's a saying in the Dominican Republic that it says that, so uh, piñao. A piñao is that we're very, very tight. We're knit close together. You know, pineapples are small knots. Yep. Create the full pineapple. So we say soma piñao, we're like a very tight group. So we're at the IPCPR, uh, and my mom's, uh, we're talking to the Shermans. And mom's like, yes, yes. Joel, your family and my family are the same. I'm like, yeah, what do you mean? Yes, we're like pineapple. We're like panimo. <laughs> I'm looking at my mom like, what, what, what are you talking about, mom? He's like, like pineapple, soma piñao, soma piñao. I'm like, oh, yeah, we're like really tight family. Right. So we have, we make fun of my mom. We actually have like, I actually bought a pineapple shirt this this trip. And every time I have soma piñao, and there's like, now we have uh, trays with pineapples right. in the house. We give her pineapples because of that. We're like a pineapple. Our family's like a pineapple. I think we should make it another logo on a cigar. I was going to create a company called Pineapple Cigar Company. So I might. Homage. I might, yeah. We're tight. Exactly, tight. We're tight. Trademark. Somebody, I don't know if somebody has it, but please don't register this brand. Pineapple Cigar Company. Thank you. <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about your brand, but really, do you know how people speak of your brand? And is it different in different areas? I guess it's always going to be different in different areas. Every market's different. Every palette is different. Usually I get a lot of great feedback from my brands. Um, but let's do it the other way around. You're a cigar smoker. Yeah. You're smoking my brand. What do you think of it? What do you hear of it? Your people. And Tell not me. just because you're on the show. Obviously it's because I'm on the show. No. I mean, it's always consistent. And it always has a good flavor. Everyone knows that I'm the worst at probably picking out, like, notes. I'm not going to sit here and dissect the cigar. That's not what this show's about or anything that we do. But when you can sit down, enjoy the cigar, and it tastes good and have a good conversation like we're having, that to me is a good cigar. I don't want to sit down and try to struggle to smoke something. And I don't think I've ever struggled to smoke a Matilde cigar. So to me... That's what I would say about your brand. I don't and I'll struggle, take it. <laughs> and it's really good. It tastes yeah. really good, and it complements what I'm doing. No, I guess, I mean, I agree with you with everything that you said. Love all that positive feedback. 
And uh, I would agree with you on that. Uh, our cigars, or what I've heard of our cigars, but people tell me they're not cigars that are overpowering. I mean, our strongest yeah. cigar is a medium plus bodied cigar. So they're cigars you can sit down and enjoy at any time. Right. I could give anybody one of your cigars and I'd feel comfortable with it. Yeah, exactly. New, aged, not aged, exactly. coming back into cigars. I love that. Yeah. I love them too. And I can tell you something. If you keep smoking them, I'll keep making them. You got it. Keep smoking <laughs> them. If your retailer right. doesn't have them, ask for them. What do you think it is that people love about cigars? Is it the camaraderie? Is it the luxury of it? Is it the flavor or, or kind of the, the style that it brings? I think it's all of the above. I mean, different people smoke for different reasons. When you get into cigars initially, I guess it's because of friends or camaraderie showed sure. you, or in my case, my father. So it's more of a father and son bonding thing. Um, some people get it because they think they're cool and want to start doing something cool. But I think at the end of the game, when people are smoking cigars, uh, long-time cigar smokers, it's just something that you can smoke a cigar alone and relax. Like, usually I come back from the office, I get a, you know, a drink, I can smoke a cigar and relax. I have, that's my thinking cigar. And then I can be in a lounge and smoke a cigar and be alone and have you know, 10 other people around me and strike a conversation with one. So there you go, the camaraderie, friendship, and you just strike a new friend. It's right. always something. You have that icebreaker. What are you smoking? Yeah. So let's say if, if you're traveling and there you have nothing else to do, you go to a cigar lounge and you're about to get some good conversation. Right. Then you go flavor-wise. I mean, cigar state's amazing. You got different flavor profiles. You got different cigars, different strengths. It's a whole world. So it's interesting, you know, like trying different cigars and finding new stuff that you like. It's an adventure every time you're looking for a, a new cigar, trying a new cigar. Granted, sometimes it might go bad, but many times it goes great. Right. So I think it's a combination of all of the above. Everybody has their own reasons, but most importantly, it's just a great product to smoke. It's just calming. It's a great way to share just quality time with a friend, with a family member. Right. with yourself I mean yeah. it's just I would say it's all of the above I mean yeah yeah touched on a lot of things there. that's good yeah. I like that well Enrique before we wrap it up I just want to know is there anything that people should know about your brand Matilde well we talked about one of the things that uh, many people don't know about Matilde and it's uh the reason of the name. Usually it's a cigar that's made by Jose Sejas and myself, his son Enrique Sejas. People say it's Matilde by Jose Sejas or Enrique's making it. But uh, the name itself, it's something that uh, we wanted to revive to pay basically homage, or my dad wanted to revive to pay homage to the country. It's something that even though it had no actual value, or monetary value is something that for us was pretty cool to bring out or revive this name. Actually, that's where because that's the reason our first slam is called Renacer. It's a revival of this brand. So I would say that's a great point to know about Matilde. And the other cool thing about Matilde is that although we have different core blends, there's one tobacco that we always use in our lines 
which is a Dominican a Piloto Cubano from Dominican Republic. That's my dad's favorite tobacco. Just great, mm. smooth, nice sweetness to it. So that's a tobacco that's present in every single of our lines, which is a fact that I don't think many people know. Wow. Yeah. That is good insight. Yeah. I like that. Passionate about one thing, and he wants to carry it through throughout the entire line and bring that yeah. passion and that core to it. Yep. We talk a lot about kind of what's the core value that you have, and it sounds like Matilde and the whole brand has a core to it that people can grab onto. The brand was created in a way where each blend that we design, we, we've taken our time to design each blend to make sure we love it and we put all our passion into it. Right. So we push it year after year. That's what the reason is we don't come out with a cigar every year. Right. Or three cigars or three lines every year. We came out with Renacer, which is our medium-bodied cigar, and we push our Renacer. Then we wanted something stronger, we came out with our Oscura, and we push off our Oscura. We came out with our Cuadrata, we push our Cuadrata, and now we have the Serena, which is our mild to medium, where we push our Serena. And we believe that we created a portfolio which we believe is a full portfolio and we're proud of, we put our passion into it, and it's something that we will be pushing all the time. That's our core line, our core blend, that is Matilde. Uh, granted, there will be limited editions, limited runs, but that's our core. Right. And we put our love and our passion and all of my dad's values into manufacturing and, well, his knowledge, and, and that's Matilde. Matilde is the uh, creation of our thoughts, of our values, of of basically of our family. I mean, it's it's funny because it's a pineapple. It's a pineapple. It's Matilde is like a pineapple, very tight together. Our blends are very tight together. Our family is very tight together. We're just a tight group of people loving cigars. That's Matilde. It's like a pineapple. I love that. I like it. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. Thank you so much. End of the show here. So thanks for tuning in for another episode of Box Press. You can check out more videos on our YouTube page and find us at bovadainc.com.